All right, so we're talking about being Baptist. We're looking at this, this uh, the, the Baptist history. What do we believe? What is it that distinctly makes us Baptist? Um, how many of you... How many of you, I'm not going to ask you where, but how many of you come, how many of you did not grow up Baptist? You grew up in some other, you know, some other denomination, okay, or, or, or something, okay? So uh, several of you in here came from a different background. It wasn't a Baptist background. How many of you came up from no church background? You had no church background at all. A few? You know, I didn't have any church background. Well, I had very little church background until I was about 13. And then when I got saved, I was I was my first ride and first opportunity to go to church was to a little Southern Baptist church in in Hull, not in Hull, in uh, where was that? Nice, was that Nice? Pleasant Grove, Nice, Georgia. So um, yeah, we all come from different backgrounds, but we're here, so it's important we understand what we believe, why we believe it, where we're at. So we've been talking about, well, last week we talked about Baptist distinctives. And I want to talk a little bit about that, introducing this. So what are distinctives? So the, the Webster Dictionary defines distinctive as, number one, having a quality or characteristic that makes a person or thing different from others. So it's a quality or characteristic that makes them different. Number two, appealing or interesting because of a special quality or characteristic. So it's, if it's distinctive, it's something there's, there's qualities or characteristics that make that person different from others. And it can be that they're appealing or interesting because of a special quality or characteristic. So distinctive is that word distinctive mostly used as an adjective is employed as a way of saying that a particular person, place, or thing has a quality or qualities that make it conspicuously different from other persons, places, or things. So in our case, we use the word as a noun. When we're talking about the Baptist distinctives, that's a noun. And, uh, and, and it's, we, we, we employ it in the sense of, 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 like I said, Baptist distinctives. And it's those beliefs and practices that make Baptist Christians different from other sincere Christians. There are, you know, it's where we get into, you know, there are some things that are ecumenical. We can be ecumenical in some ways. FCA, when I worked with FCA, FCA was an ecumenical ministry. But if you look at its doctrinal statements... You would think a Baptist designed it and put out the, 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 the doctrinal statements. And so the things that they have to sign off in their statement of faith are distinctly Christian things. Salvation by grace through faith. And so you, you end up with people that come from different denominations and beliefs in different things. So they would not focus much on, they would, they, they would tell you, you can't focus on baptism. Because there's some out there, and here would be the problem. By, by, the, by, the, the, by their statements of faith, you can't be saved by baptism. And yet there are some who believe that that would be involved with FCA. Well, they have to sign a statement of faith, so they can't be teaching that with FCA. Uh, when you start talking about tongues, they stay away from gifts and those types of things, gifts of the Spirit, so that you don't end up with, with um, confusion and things like that. But there's a reason that there are different denominations, the Methodist church over here is different than the Baptist church over here, which is different from the Nazarene church over there and different from the church of God uh, down the road, different from the, um, what is that here on, on Avenue C? Church of Christ, definitely different from the church of Christ. We're, we're, we're different. There are Each one would have their distinctives. If you go in there and you look at their doctrinal statements, you would see distinctives. You And if you see, if you get into looking at 
the way they practice their, 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 their faith. You're going to see distinctives, okay? There's things that dis- make them distinctly what they are. And so it is important. It's very important. There's, so there's a reason we're Baptists. And that's part of, part of the problem I think I shared last week or the week before. I think it was last week where I, I, it bothers me, these churches that are going away from being, they're Baptist churches. Churches we send money to help plant, and then they won't go start off of, we're the river. Our church name is the river. Or the whale. You know, it's whale at the whale. Come to the whale. Or, you know, whatever. Are you Baptist or not? Are you ashamed of being Baptist? Because I'm not. I'm not a bit ashamed of being a Baptist. Because I believe in the Baptist doctrine. Now, I don't believe we're the only ones that have things mostly right. Because... I mean, we may be, we may be gravely disappointed when we get to heaven. And the Lord says, "Boy, y'all missed the boat on that. Y'all, y'all just dense, aren't you?" Yes, Lord, we are. So there's a reason we have these distinctives, and it's important that we protect those. Now, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead, so I'm going to stop right there, and we'll talk more about that. But what are so what are Baptist distinctives? The truths that we'll cover are are held by most Baptists, and thus distinguished, uh, distinguished them from other Christian churches, okay? Many other Christian traditions hold some of these truths, but only Baptists hold all of them as a package to a greater or lesser degree. So when we're talking about this, we're going to use this acronym that you got there on your notes for Baptist. These are the things that, that Baptists as a whole tend to believe these things, and we hold them as a package deal. God honoring Baptists do not claim to be the only ones who hold biblical truth, but are rather people who sincerely believe that Baptist churches of today are the Christian congregations that adhere the, that adhere the closest to what a true New Testament church should believe and practice. And, and, you know, that's what I would say. I would say our goal here is not to be necessarily Baptist. It's to be a New Testament church. It is to be a biblical New Testament church. Now, we're Baptist because... We believe that's the, that's the closest to what the Bible you know, teaches us and how we should practice. For our study, we've chosen to highlight what appears to be a consensus view of Baptist distinctives upon which the majority of Baptist pastors, ministers, and scholars would agree. So these eight areas that we, should, that we shall examine conveniently fit into the uh, uh, acrostic that uh, you'll see there. So Baptist, the, 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 the parts of that, the B-A-P-T-I-S-T, the first one we're on tonight is the biblical authority and the lordship of Christ. And it will probably take us two weeks to get through this, uh, but that's the first one. Then we're going to look at the autonomy of the local church. We're going to look at the priesthood of believers. We're going to look at the two ordinances, baptism and communion. Uh, we're going to look at individual soul liberty, saved church membership, uh, two offices, pastor, uh, pastors and deacons, and then separation of church and state. These are Baptist distinctives. So the Bible is clear that every person who repents of his sin and trusts Christ as Savior is saved. Amen? The Bible is clear on that, regardless of church or denominational affiliation. So there are denominations that are out there. There are churches out there that I, I, I absolutely do not believe that they are leading people to heaven. I don't believe they are. But that's not to say there aren't true believers within those faiths 
because they can read the scriptures. And, and if they come to faith in Christ, then it is through faith in Christ. It is not in faith in, in the church or a church or any church. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Romans 1.16 is clear. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So thus we, we gladly affirm that there are born-again men and women in all Christian churches and traditions because anyone who is saved came to Christ alone for forgiveness. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, come, uh, they didn't come through the Catholic Church. They, the Catholic Church ain't saving people. If somebody gets saved in a Catholic Church, I'm telling you, I don't believe it's because of the church. I believe it's in spite of the church. And I can say that about the Catholics, and I can say it about a lot of Baptist churches. There's some kooks out there. There are. There's some, there's some Baptist, that, there's some folks out there hanging Baptist shingles out front that ought not have a Baptist shingle hanging out front. There ain't no more Baptist than that chair is a rocket ship. They're just not. Um, anyone who has not received Christ is lost in their sin, whether they are a Baptist or of any other faith or religious belief. Our salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we take the position that Baptists are the truest New Testament churches today, we're not talking about the salvation of souls. Rather, we're referring to the most biblical way of teaching the Bible, operating a local church, and adhering as closely as possible to the commands of Christ and the examples of his apostles. I'll give you a quick example. So this church was a pastor-led church for years and years and years and years and years. When the pastor, Pastor Darrell, retired uh, in, I guess, January of 17, when he retired, then that year, the church, or the better part of that year, the church here looked at and evaluated what do we want to be going forward? How do we want to be structured? What do we want our polity to be? And so the church went through a process then of looking at the Bible, searching the scriptures to find the, the best mode of church polity that matches the, the scriptures, right? So what they did is, and it's in our bylaws, and I give those out to everybody in our membership class. You have that. You have it available to go through and read that. But what they changed is they changed it to, we are an elder-led church. We have an elder council. We have an elder council. That, that there's, right now there's three elders, and we, we would... We, meet together, we pray together, we decide on major decisions, direction of the church, things like that. We, we lead that way. It's not just one man making a decision, dictating everything, and, and then and not, not necessarily just dictating, but it could even be a bottleneck on different things. Is that you, some of you experienced that? And then you have churches where deacons run the church. There are churches where the deacons don't do anything. They're figureheads. I was in a church where the deacons were, they were there for the appearance of accountability. I had someone tell me that. That's why they were there. They were there because it was a dictator church. It was dictator church with, with, the, with the appearance of accountability. That's what the deacons were there. They, so they could stand up and say, we're behind you, preacher. They weren't behind him. They didn't care. Whatever you want to do, preacher, we'll, we'll rubber stamp it. That's not the biblical model. Deacons aren't even, they're not even supposed to be in that type of leadership by the word of God. So we look to the scriptures to tell us how we should do church. Make sense? Shouldn't that be where we look? 
Shouldn't be like, you know, here's the other thing we do. Hey, we ought to bring that guy on. He ought, we need him as a deacon. You know, he's president down at the bank. He can help us get a loan or whatever. Churches think that way. And they bring some godless man who just shows up at church and they put him in a leadership position in the church because he's got a position of power in the world out there. That's bad business, folks, in, the, in this world, in this world, spiritual world. In writing on this topic, John uh, brought us, uh, it was in the 1800s, 1827 to 1895, he was a distinguished Baptist, Baptist preacher, scholar, and denominational leader, as well as a founding, uh, one of the founding fathers of the Southern Baptist Theological Th Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. And he wrote this, stating his position. He said, it is not necessarily an arrogant or presumptuous thing uh, thing in us if we strive to bring honored fellow Christians to views which we honestly believe to be more scriptural and therefore more wholesome. What he's saying is, you know what, you can have a brother or sister in Christ that's in a, another church, and we, 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 we do this a lot today. I'm not trying to steal somebody from another church. I'm going to tell you, if they're going to a church that doesn't teach the scriptures right, I'm trying to pull them from another church. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't want to be ugly. I don't want to be confrontational. I don't want to sound arrogant and smug. But I'm going to tell you, if we honestly believe what we say we believe, and we believe that, that what they're being taught somewhere else is not correct, why would we not want to help get them out of that being taught wrong? Right? This goes back to the 1800s. They're, they're dealing with this. And the churches then, I would even contend that, that a lot of the denominations that are so far apart now were probably a lot closer. They were a lot closer then in actually what they believed, what they practiced. They would have been a lot closer than, than, than we are today. And that ought to express our heart. You know, that ought to express our heart, the extent of, of, of well, um, as we study these issues and looking for uh, the truths of why we're Baptist and helping someone understand, look, what, you, what you're being taught is not true. This, look at what the Bible says here. You need to come on over here. Let us, let us learn the word together and grow in that. Ben? When I first got into when I first got in church, something similar to that. First got into church, and um, you know, hadn't been there long, and my, our pastor left, and so I, I, you know, I was I was a little hurt, a little disappointed, ended up not going back, and so I started attending church with a friend of mine, and had to drive a long way to get there, 
but same situation. I was probably there a year and a half. Never, never once in a year and a half did somebody come to the, the altar. Not once in a year and a half did anyone make a profession of faith. Not once in a year and a half did anybody get baptized or join the church even. It was just, and I can tell you other stories, it was just a dead church. And so you don't want to leave people in that. So, we, look, we want to help folks. And uh, I, I'm not saying just go out here and start cherry-picking off, uh, off the other churches out here. No, but... Look, you want to win, you want to win whoever. You want to bring them over to, to, I believe, I believe this. If I didn't, I wouldn't be here. I believe that we are, are seeking to teach the scriptures according to the scriptures. Not according to what someone else said about the scriptures. We go back to the scriptures. Now, you know, the communion thing. There are some people would love to do communion every week. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I have no problem with that unless you tell me you have to do communion every week or you're not spiritual or you're not walking with God or you're not saved because then you're contrary to Scripture, exactly what you said. So if we did it more, there's not, it, it wouldn't be a problem. It, it wouldn't be a problem at all. But there, there, Because some in here have, have been in churches, right, that, that did communion every week. To me, I feel like I would, I feel like it would lose its... I feel like it would. I would lose... It would lose, I don't know, I, I, but I may be absolutely wrong on that. Um, but it's just that I've never done that every week. But I know some have, and they love it. And we are going to have communion a week from Sunday, so be ready. Be ready. We'll have a love offering um, afterwards, a benevolence offering, so be prepared for that. But we're going we're gonna to have communion. I'm trying to figure out how to do it with the new layout in here. I also have, I brought back 150 Olive wood communion cups from Israel from our trip. So, so I'm hoping that everyone who did not get an olive, uh, how many of you got an olive wood communion cup last time? All right, so raise your hand if you didn't get one. Okay, so a lot of you didn't get one. So I got 150 of them. The problem is we got about 170, 165, 170 people coming in the service. So I got to figure out how to do that so I don't miss somebody. And they go, I didn't get one. I want, I want, if you've not gotten one, I want you to get one. And if you don't get one, then you can go a, a year from January or a year from February, you can go with us again. And you can get all of them you want. Oh, no. <laughs> That's poison wood. That's not olive wood. All right, so let's look, at, let's look at the first distinctive that we're going to be talking about. It's the biblical authority and the lordship of Christ. Now, break these up into two because they're kind of two, but they kind of go together and you'll understand why. So the meaning of biblical authority, and this is probably where your notes start. You're going to have some blanks to fill in here. So the meaning of biblical authority. What we mean here is that Baptists believe the Bible is the only authority that determines what we believe and what we practice. Now, you'll have to help me if there's blanks in there somewhere because I don't have, I didn't write where I have blanks, so I, I made that on the fly. Um, so what we mean here is that Baptists believe the Bible is the only authority that determines what we believe and what we practice. You got that? Pretty simple. That's, that's a distinctive. That's a very important distinctive for us as Baptists. We don't, we don't go by anything else. We go by the Bible. This tells us, that's why Susan was in here last week or the week before, and I was asking her, because she's asked several great questions, and one of them was about uh, um, um, Ash, Ash Wednesday and that stuff. I said, look, you know, some of the denominations that do that, I don't really, I don't, you know, I, but we Baptists, for the most part, Baptists have never 
recognize that. If you want to do that and it draws you closer to the Lord, you want to recognize the 40 days of Lent, you want to give up something, I'd say this, if you're going to give up something for 40 days because it's going to draw you closer to the Lord, give it up forever and get close to the Lord. Amen? I'm always intrigued by these little things that we do and we go, oh boy, I did 40 days. How about doing 365 with that? If it draws you closer to the Lord, make that a part of your life all the time. But we don't do that because you don't find it in Scripture. If we found in Scripture, it says, all right, 40 days from, from this date, then you, you put a mark, put, put ash on your head and, and then give up something, fast from something for 40 days. and draw. If the Scripture said that, we would do that. But the Scriptures don't say that. It's often expressed that Baptists are people of the book. Now, I've heard that. That's one of the greatest compliments you can give us as, as Baptists. Um, there are people that love John MacArthur and people that hate John MacArthur. But I'm going to tell you, John MacArthur is a man of the book. Whether you agree with everything he says or not, he goes to the book. He doesn't pull it out of the air. He doesn't pull it out of John's, thus saith John, uh, unless it's the book of John, then he says, thus saith John. But it really is thus saith the Lord. That's what he's doing. And that's what we are as Baptists. We're people of the book, meaning that Baptist Christians hold to the Bible alone as their source of faith. Uh, John A. Brodus, the, the duty of Baptist to... to uh, I think I just... You know what I did? That actually goes back. That's Never mind. Boy, how did I copy and paste that right there? That went to a weird spot. Okay, so the key reference here... Key reference is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and, 6, uh, 16 and 17. All scripture... What does all mean? All means all. All doesn't mean some. Doesn't mean most. Doesn't mean part of it. All means all. All scripture. All of the scriptures we have. Our Bible, we believe that God has put that together. The canon of scripture, the completed work, what we have. Our Bible is the completed word of God. That's why you don't add to it. You don't take from it. It is the final word of God. It's what we have. All scripture, all of that, cover to cover. First of Genesis, end of Ge uh, Re Revelation. Every word, every jot, every tittle. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the conviction that the word of God is completely able to guide God's people has been a beacon of Baptist life for centuries. We go to the word, people of the book. Um, if you want to fire the preacher up, then, then say this. Well, I know what the Bible says, but... Get your butt out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. I wouldn't be that way. But don't, don't, we can't have that attitude of I know what the Bible says, but I know what the Bible says about marriage. I know what the Bible says about divorce. I know what the Bible says about, you know, lying. I know what the Bible says about stealing, but you Lord uh, preacher, you just don't know you, you, but 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 excuse excuse excuse. No, we we go back to the word of God. Why is that? That the man of God may be uh, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The conviction that the word of God is completely able to guide God's people has been a beacon 
of Baptist life for centuries. It has been for centuries. That's part of us Baptists. We go back to the book. Now, various sources of authority uh, for churches. So there are a number of different sources of authority for Christian churches. These sources uh, may include the authority of creeds or confessions. There's, there's several denominations that rest heavily on that. Church tradition, human pronouncements, reason and logic, experience. Boy, that's one we hear more and more today. It doesn't matter. Truth isn't important. What's important is my experience. My experience trumps your truth. That, that's where we're at. Uh, and in some cases, authoritative writings beyond the Bible. And so that's where we end up with a lot of cults. We have these authoritative writings outside of Scripture, beyond Scripture, adding to Scripture, in many cases, voiding Scripture in their, in really in their belief. Um, and, and that's when you end up with a cult, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons. Those aren't Christian denominations. Those are cults. Understand that. I had someone ask me that. Um, someone was asking me that. I don't remember who that was, but someone was asking me about that. About, about the Mormons, and they are a cult. They'll tell you they put on their great commercials, and they want to sound like they're Christians. They're not Christians. They don't, the, Jesus Christ is not who, who the Jesus that we know, and, and he's not the Savior. Hmm. So those are cults. Um, so here's some examples. So Lutherans turn to Martin Luther as the founder of their denomination, and they adhere to the Augsburg Confession from 1530, largely produced under Luther's leadership. Lutherans say that if someone wants to know what the Lutheran Church stands for, he must go to the Augsburg Confession. Uh, we had some. We got anybody in here from a Lutheran background? Does that ring true, Bob? You got out before you were old enough to know, okay. Well, Cliff was in it. We'll have to ask Cliff about that because Cliff was, was in the, the Lutheran church. Uh, the Methodists followed their human founder, John Wesley, and agreed to the Methodist Book of Discipline from 1784. The Book of Discipline constitutes the laws and beliefs that define the United Methodist Church and other lesser-known Methodist groups. Now, I commend... I commend uh, what the Methodist Church is doing right now. You have two branches now in America of Methodist Church. You have the United Methodist Church, and then you have, I don't even know what they're calling it, but there's the break-off group. And they're splitting over the, the, um, the, the homosexual issue, which is they've kicked the can down the road for years and years and years about that. And uh, so now it's split. But you know what they not, they're not taking a stand on? Women preachers. Right. They, they've, they've capitulated to culture. They're just, let's explain this scripture away. Make it say what we want to be more inclusive. I had an aunt tell me, a great aunt tell me one time. She was with the, in the Presbyterian church, very liberal Presbyterian church in Isla, Georgia. And she said, well, we just... We just draw the line further out to include more people. Oh, yeah. I, I remember. You can't do that. You know. You, okay. So um, that's Methodist. Presbyterians follow John Calvin and subscribe to the Westminster Confession of Faith from 1646, a systematic explanation of Calvinist doctrine. 
Presbyterian churches around the world have adopted the Westminster Confession and its various catechisms as their standard of doctrine alongside the Bible. Uh, the 39 articles from 1563 are the official defining statements of doctrines of the Episcopal Church United States and the Church of England founded by uh, King Henry VIII of England. The Roman Catholic Church bases their unique doctrinal claims on the Bible plus church tradition such as established customs, historical practices, and the rulings of various church councils, certain pronouncements of the reigning pope, and various extra-biblical writings such as those found in the Apocrypha. Um, among some charismatic Christian denominations, personal experience, dreams and visions, divine revelations, and other personal forms of authority form the basis of many of their beliefs and practices, such as modern-day tongue-speaking, uh, being slain in the Spirit, and other so-called sign gifts. Uh, folks, let me just, let me, let me just say this. Um, how do we hear from God? We hear from God through His Word. I have been impressed. Anybody have been impressed of the Lord? Been impressed of the Lord? You, you, you feel impressed of the Lord that to do something or, or you, you feel led to do something? I've never once heard an audible voice in my head. But I've had people, and usually it's from charismatic, the charismatic, this charismatic background, that, that will tell you, God told me to do something. Okay, well, show me in his word where he told you to do that. I, I shared this when we were talking about the, the women pastors. I had, I had a, a, a lady who recently said, well, I, I know what the scripture, I hear what you're saying from the scriptures, but God told me to preach. I said, no, God didn't tell you to preach. Because God never conflicts with his word. He would never tell you to do something that he told you in his word not to do. But it's this audibly hearing voices or something like that. Folks, the Lord speaks to us through his word. And so we pray. And I don't say go take the scriptures and flip them open and go, boom, what does that say? No. no, no what does it say? It says, whatever thou do, doest quickly. Ah, boom. And he went out and hung himself. Not a real smart way of... of Y'all get that in a minute, won't you? It's not a smart way to do it. Uh, we, we, we read the Word. The principles are there. Everything we need is in the Word of God. It's there. But, but don't get in your prayer closet and, and sit there and do alms and then ask to be spoken to from some... Because there's demons out there that are listening to what you're doing. They'll be glad to give you some, something misleading. It's weird how your mind, anybody's mind in here work weird ways? My, I'm just telling you, it's, a, it's an adventure in here sometimes. So I I'm, I'm left the hospital this afternoon, and I, and I turned out, and right as I turned out, there's a palm and card reading shop. And I thought, how, how stupid. People, people won't believe truth that's given to them, but they'll go and flip over some cards and tell me, oh, that's the death card. Oh! And, and believe that stuff. But I thought, how foolish would that be? I could go in there and, and, and let them talk that foolishness and it'd just be nothing. But I got to thinking about that. You think Satan's not at work in that stuff? Because here's what he would do. Oh, I see here, you've got, you've got something happening. This is going to happen and this is, 
this is going on. And you know what a demon's going to do? demon's going to try to work something to where you see just enough to go, oh, they were right. They were right. I can't believe. They got that right. How could they have known? You found a penny in the road. You're going to come into a fortune today. And you found a nickel in the road. They were right. <laughs> Folks, be careful. Be careful. These examples do not necessarily mean that these groups do not believe the Bible. Many of them do, or at least claim to. And some of the traditional documents they embrace are in many ways uh, biblical in what they teach. Yet the point is that the Bible is not their only source of doctrine and practice. Otherwise, they would not hold to, to such non-biblical teaching as infant baptism, lack of uh, local church autonomy, and unusual uh, interpretations of communion, just to name a few. There's a lot of things. You can, you can come up with a lot of things that are man-made traditions that they hold to as though they're scripture. Um, looking at the autonomy of the local church. I mean, if you study the scriptures, that's all we could get from that. We, sh we shouldn't be governed by some big, you know, the way the, the, the Methodists and the Presbyterians, well, most every, everybody other than us. And understand, again, we're not, we're not a denomination in the sense that uh, as Southern Baptist, Glenn Rogers isn't coming down here and telling us how to, how to run this church. He's here to be a, a help to our church, an asset to our church, not coming down here telling us how to do church. In addition to these sources of authority named above, many modernist and liberal churches today believe that the Bible is not the complete and sufficient authority for faith and practice, and so they apply, here we go, human reason and logic. Isn't that, that's, that's first steps to a bad day. Human reason and logic as sources of authority. They do not always disregard the Bible altogether, but they do deny many of the supernatural aspects of the Bible's content, such as miracles and prophecies about the future. Human reason and logic alone cannot support the miraculous claims the Bible asserts. Of course, when human reason and logic become the sole authority, anything goes and, and, and there's then no absolute standard to judge anything. So if you go away from the scriptures and you start going, well, we, 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 you know, you've got to use logic in this as well. That's the whole problem with, with the, the, the intellectuals who want to try to explain away Genesis chapter 1 and, and billions of years. Because we want to we try to marry up and, 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 and agree with science. Folks, science is changing so much it's... It, it, the, the, the change on that, scientists know, right? What's the half-life on the knowledge we have now? It used to be years. I mean, now all the knowledge is turning over and growing at such a, a wide rate. And, and what we still find is even, the, even those who believe in the Big Bang in billions of years are looking now with the new telescopes that are looking out in space and going, that doesn't quite fit even what we think we believe. But you know who does have it right? If you go back to Genesis 1, if you want to know how it all started, it's right there. It's right there. But you get human, human logic and human reasoning there, and we get all over the place. That's why modernistic Christian churches cannot provide 
help to lost sinners. They do not have the sinless divine Savior of the Bible to whom they can point people to for salvation. They, they've gone away from um, a sinless Savior, um, a, a Savior born of a virgin. Well, that couldn't have been. Well, if he, if he wasn't, then we're all going to hell, period. If Jesus wasn't sinless, he, if he wasn't born of a virgin, then he wasn't sinless. He wasn't God. He can't save us. He's no Savior. If he didn't live a sinless life, he, he's, he's not a sinless Savior. He could not save us. We're lost in our sin. If he didn't rise from the dead, Michael, remember, I remember, I still remember Michael telling me sitting in that rocking chair in front of Cracker Barrel. We talked about a lot of things. He said, Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, I can believe that. I said, yeah, Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead on the third day? He goes, I don't know. I don't know how you can believe that. <laughs> Took some time. Took some time. And, and, he, and, he, and my, I give it to you, Mike. He kept coming to church. Coming on Wednesday nights, coming to small groups. He listened to the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit of God convicted him and showed him, Yes, Michael, I rose from the dead on the third day. And Mike says, I believe. I was born again. Amen? Amen. All right. Not going to go any further than that right there. We'll get into the distinctives more next week. That's still foundational, but we'll get into the distinctives. Look at the Baptist distinctives, and we'll look at the lordship of Jesus Christ. Those two go hand in hand, the authority of Scripture. Um, man, this, this is what a, what a treasure. What a treasure. What a treasure. I'm, I'm convicted every time I see my buddy that I think I've shared with you. He's the same guy that says, how you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good. No, you're not. None, none are good. No, not one. I said, okay, thanks, Don. Um, I got it. Got it, Don. Got it. Uh, but Don's guy's read through the Bible probably 130 times now. Every time I see him, he's got his Bible. If he's at Dustin's eating lunch, he eats lunch and he sits there and he reads. He's read through the scriptures, read through complete cover to cover 100, about 130 times. It's convicting to me. That's where we ought to all be with the value of this book. Amen? All right. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you. We give you glory. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the guidance it gives us in our life, the answers it provides. Lord, we're not down here. If we're, Lord, if we're down here going, we don't know what to do, it's simply because we haven't looked to your word because you have given us the direction, the guidance, the instruction that we need for every area of our life. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for bringing us to a, a, a church, a, a, a denominational, uh, if that's what we are. Whatever we are as Baptists, Lord, thank you for the New Testament church that holds to the authority of the Word of God. Lord, help us to never stray from that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great uh, Thursday and Friday. If anybody's available tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, we'll be doing some cleaning here at the church. Bible study tomorrow night. Can't wait to get an update from that.